Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. And I'm going to speak to you about a topic today that I think is probably the most important one of the entire series. Because if you don't get what I'm talking about today, you don't realize the impact of this. It has the ability to affect the way you see everything else. And today I want to talk to you about something that we call pride. Okay, and, and, and here's the funny thing is that I feel like sometimes when we talk about pride, then I, maybe I just say that, hey, we're going to talk about pride today. Some of you are sitting there and you're thinking, geez, I wish my husband was here to hear this today. You know? That would be such a good message for him to hear. Or like, oh gosh, I hope my wife is listening to this today. Or I I wish that my boss could just get hold of this message. Geez, I hope that my kids aren't on their iPhones and they're listening to this message. And, and, you know, like, because, because we have this way of thinking when we talk about this topic specifically, that this would be a great message just for someone else, you know? It'd be great for someone else, right? Well, let me tell you something that the Bible says. Proverbs 8 verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Now, when I say fear of the Lord, I mean to hold Him in holy awe and reverence, to seek Him as He self-discloses, right? So, So when we seek Him and we have a healthy respect for who He is, right, then we should hate evil, right? And then it goes on to say that pride and arrogance, right, that, that those things are the way of evil. So those are things that we absolutely want to reject. And it finishes with this, and perverted speech I hate. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And, uh, and what's going on in this thing in here called our heart eventually works its way up to the surface and it begins to come out of our mouths. You know, someone's mouth can generally let you know when there is pride in their heart. You know, it's like it's hard to see somebody's heart, but you, you don't need to see it because you can, you can hear it, right? You, you can hear when they've got pride in their heart because it's coming out of their mouth. Have you ever met someone who always thinks that they're right? Have you ever met someone like that? And they're like, yeah, they're always right. They don't need to listen to anyone. They always write. And you try to give them advice, but they don't need it. You know why? Because they're right. You know, they don't, they don't need any advice. They know everything that you know, and they know what you don't know, which is why they don't need to listen to you. Some of you are listening to what I'm saying, and you're thinking, know someone like that, met someone like that, I'm married to someone like that, you know? Like now, now, if you are married to someone like that, even if you're dating someone like that, right? You look straight ahead right now. Don't even look to the side. 
don't even look at them, right? You want them to stick around for the end of the message. If you are currently dating someone and you want that relationship to go somewhere, just look straight ahead, right? Don't even give them an idea that you could be thinking that it might be good for them, right? Here's the funny thing about, about pride is that, you know, we don't have to teach it. We don't teach pride to anyone. This, you, you've, you've never, if, you, if you've got small kids, they've never, you've never enrolled them in kindergarten and they look at the curriculum and say, and then we're going to teach them all about pride, right? <laughs> you, never, you never had that conversation because we don't need to teach kids uh, how to be prideful because it's just, you know, it's like innate. It's just in there. It's, it's, it's amazing to me how natural pride is to humanity, how quickly we just involve it in our lives and, and, and we see it. You know, I, it was maybe a couple of months ago, I had my daughter Eliana in the car and we were going somewhere and I remember that her older brothers, they, they weren't in, in the car with us and she had her bag in the back and, and when we got to where we were going, uh, I said to her, sweetheart, do you need any help with getting your bag out and closing the boot? Now we have a small SUV, so when the, the boot goes up, right, it actually gets pretty high. Now I can reach it, but you know, she's six. So, so I said to her, I said, hey, do you need any help uh, with getting your stuff out and closing the boot? And she says, no, I'm fine, right? Now, there are times as a parent where you can just see things ahead of time, right? And there are, very, there are moments where you just, you know, sit back and enjoy the show because you, you just know where it's going to end up. And you're like, let me just settle in here. This is going to be a great teaching experience. This is going to be a good show. And, and, and so anyway, she gets out of the car and she goes around to the back and she gets her stuff. And I'm just looking in the rear vision mirror, right? And so I say to her, sweetheart, did you need any help, right? And she goes, no, I'm fine, right? And I knew she wasn't fine because she's not two feet taller, right? So she just doesn't have the height to reach the button to close the boot. So she's, she's just standing back there. I don't know what was going through her mind, but I know that she was thinking, now I've told him that I don't need any help. <laughs> and she's trying to think, how can I solve this problem and not admit that I was wrong? You know? And in the end, she's just looking, I said, come on, like, do, do you need my help? She's like, yes, I need your help. So great. So, you know, get out of the car and go around to the back and I, you know, give her a kiss. Sweet, have a great day. Hit the button. You know, here's the thing about that, right? She got to a point where it's not okay to think that you can do something on, on your own. And that's not necessarily pride. Maybe you're just thinking, hey, I think I can handle this. I think I can do this. Where she went wrong is when she realized that she couldn't do it, but she couldn't admit to herself that she wasn't able. And that's when pride, which was always there, begins to come to the surface and it starts to emerge, right? And if she had just said, oh, you know what? Turns out, Dad, I'm not uh, two feet taller. I will need your help. We could have solved all of that, but it just got increasingly difficult for her to admit it. And that is what happens to people that have pride in the heart. Oh, it is so difficult to admit that it's even there. Now, when I talk about the heart, the Hebrew word for heart is this word leb, and it means your, 
desire. It means your inclination. It means your disposition, your, your will, how you think about it, what's really the desires of your heart beginning to emerge and come out. And when we look up the word pride in the Hebrew language, there are actually about 12 words for the word pride. About 12 words. But interestingly, in almost every single description of that word pride, they have this root meaning or this root idea. And it means to be high or to be elevated. In other words, when people see themselves as higher than other people, when people start to lift themselves up, when they start to perceive themselves as being above other people, and this is what happens. I mean, gosh, you, you start to see yourself as above another person. Now you don't even need their advice. You don't need what they have to say to you. You don't have to listen to it. So you see yourself as elevated, as, as high and lifted up, as maybe smarter than other people, right? That's, that's what we call pride. Now, interestingly, the Bible says that God is high and lifted up. <laughs> when it comes to God being high and lifted up, you know what? It's okay because He is high and lifted up. Where we run into problems is when we think that we are like God and we are high and lifted up, that we are like Him. That's when pride starts to come into our hearts. Now, you take a person that starts to think that they are it in a bit, right? They start to think that they are pretty amazing. It's going to start to come out of their mouth. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when it comes out, we hear it. And you know what it sounds like? It sounds like boasting. You ever heard somebody boast? Now, the word boast is used in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul mentions it on multiple occasions. But, you know, every time the Apostle Paul mentions it, it's almost always in a positive way. And the reason it's a positive way is because whenever he's boasting, he's saying, hey, if I'm going to boast about anything, I'm going to boast in the Lord. In other words, he says, you know what? I, I realize that I have some issues that I am not perfect, that I've made some mistakes and I can admit that, right? But God is helping me, right? So if we're going to boast, we boast about what He does in our lives. We're going to boast about how good He is in our lives. And that kind of boasting is okay. But the word that Paul is using, so in the Hebrew language and in the Greek in the New Testament, it's the same meaning. It means to be arrogant or to see yourself as elevated to see yourself as high and lifted up. And I'll tell you something right now. This becomes a major problem for people. Because here's the problem. If you say in your heart, right, that you are high and lifted up, if you see yourself or even perceive yourself, right, as being above other people, you are overestimating yourself. You're overestimating your own abilities. And when you overestimate yourself and you think that you're okay and, and you don't need advice from anyone, you then act on, on behalf of what you think is good. And this is going to lead you to a bad place. Now, it's not that you won't necessarily listen 
to people. No, you can listen to them. It's just that after listening, you realize that you're right. And they're wrong. And since you're right all of the time, you repeat that process over and over, then it starts to get hard to listen because you think, what's the point? I'm always right anyway, right? Now, if you think that, (laughs) that problem is going to lead you to your next problem. Because if you don't think that you need to listen to anyone, you have what we would call in in church, right, an unteachable spirit. Now, that's the kind of thing that you would probably hear in in your workplace, right? Unless you work at church. Uh, But you have what we'd call an unteachable spirit. And the one thing that I've learned about anyone with an unteachable spirit is you cannot help them. You cannot help anyone with an unteachable spirit. They take their own counsel. They take their own advice. They surround themselves with everything that reinforces what they want to believe is true. They take that as affirmation of their previously held perspective on life and they continue to move forwards in that direction. And I'll tell you something, I never ever want to spend any time investing into anyone with an unteachable spirit. You know why? pointless what a waste of time because it doesn't matter how good you say it or or even when you you sometimes you even show it in the bible you open the scriptures and say but look it says it right there they know that they are right and they just don't listen to it now if anybody gets to this place right that kind of thinking will lead you to your next problem and the one after that and the one after that and the one after that, and, and the one after that, right? Because they don't even realize what's going on. In fact, I've learned that pride will make arrogant decisions without even realizing it. Church, listen to me. Pride is the beginning of a lot of your problems. Pride is the beginning of a lot of your problems. And you need to know that pride has this amazing ability to hide in your life. Now, I don't know if I've ever met somebody that said, oh, no, I'm actually very, very prideful. You know, like, no, no, no one says that, right? It has this way to, to cloak itself in your opinion. No one thinks that. You know what happens? We, we start to talk about pride and they go, this is a fantastic message for my spouse, you know, this is great for my kids, my boss, whatever it is, it's good for someone else, but I don't really need this because I don't have a problem with pride. It just happens to be the case that I'm always right. And so I guess I, I don't really need to listen to that. You know, years ago, I was at work and I heard God speak to me and he said, you need to go to your grandma's house right now. I said, okay. And I knew it was from God and I had a sense of urgency attached to it. So, uh, you know, I 
slipped my chair out from my desk, grabbed my keys, didn't take anything else. I just left the building. I was working at church at this time. Our offices were in Ringwood. She only lived in Vermont. So I grabbed my keys, went straight down and and got in my car and began to drive to my my grandma's house. So I get there and I go to to the front door and I knock on the door and I say, so grandma, but there's no answer. And so I wait for a while, felt like a long time, maybe 30 seconds, right? So I knock again. I'm like, Grandma, are you in there? And on the other side of the door, I heard this faint voice say, yes, I'm here. And I was like, well, that's good. I said, how are you? And she said, I'm fine. I'm fine. I said, okay. I said, gee, Grandma, since I made all, went to all the trouble of coming to your house, do you think that we could have this conversation w- with the door open? You know, like, could we do this face to face? She's like, yes. And I said, okay. So I waited a bit longer. Nothing, nothing happens. I'm like, Grandma, are you okay? She's like, yeah. I said, what's going on? She says, well, I'm just a little bit stiff in the morning. You know, I'm trying to just get up and and get over to to the door. I said, okay, I can wait. I'll wait maybe another 30 seconds, right? I said, Grandma, you're not okay, are you? Finally, she says, no. See, what had happened is she had actually fainted 24 hours earlier and she had fallen in front of her front door. And she had been lying there for a full day. Because she was on the other side of the door, I couldn't actually open the door. So what I needed to do as I, I drove to my mum's work, grabbed keys from my grandma's house, drove back to her house, got in through the back door, went around, found her, collapsed in front of the front door, picked her up, put her in the chair, right? And here's the crazy part. She had been there for a full day. And when I said, are you okay? She said to me, I'm fine. She was as far from fine as one person could possibly be. Apparently, pride comes before and after the fall because she did not want to admit to me that she needed help. And that's the crazy thing. She's there a full day. Help arrives. I've got this. She couldn't get up for a whole day. Are you kidding me right now? And that's what pride does. Not only does it hide, but when help arrives, it says, I don't need it. I don't need any help. I don't need any help. I just think to me, that's crazy. I mean, especially if you're a Christian person. I mean, at the absolute foundations of the Christian faith is the belief that we cannot do this on our own. I mean, honestly, think about it. The way that you initiate a relationship with God through Jesus is to come to a place where you say, I need you to do for me what I could not do for myself. So what do we understand to be true about the gospel? That Jesus lived the life that all of us cannot live. 
And then He offers that perfect life in exchange for our sinful life. And we can become the recipients of that gift if we accept the fact that He's giving it to us. And then all of our righteousness and, and anything that God sees in us is good, it, it came from Him. So at a fundamental level, if you're a Christian, you must believe that the rest of your life is built on the fact that you could not come to God on your own. I think it's so appropriate that today is Pentecost Sunday, which is just one more reminder that we are incapable of doing what God has asked us to do on our own. Acts 1.8, Jesus orders His disciples not to depart Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came and fell on them and filled them with His Spirit. Why? Because before that, He gave them something that we call the Great Commission. Go out into all the world and preach. Is this, aren't you excited? Go out into all the world and preach the good news to all creation, right? And just to do the most simple thing, the basic fundamental that all Christians are supposed to do. He says, you're going to need the presence and the Spirit of God to be able to do that. So wait till the Holy Spirit comes. And when He comes, He'll fill you. Do you know in the Bible, when it begins to speak about the spiritual things, spiritual gifts, that they are what? But manifestations of the Spirit of God. Everything that's awesome and supernatural that looks like it comes through us actually comes from Him. So I say to you that if you are a Christian with a pretty good grasp on theology and what we believe to be true about Jesus Christ, the gospel and Pentecost and the filling of the Holy Spirit, you should come to a place where you think it would be crazy to then take a prideful life and try to build it on that kind of foundation. Amen. And yet, and yet, and yet, man, is it so easy for things like that to happen? You know, years ago, I used to um, serve at this church before I was on staff, years before I was on staff and I volunteered at this church and, and part of my job was to look after all of the host teams. That's what I did. So I, I remember sewing into those teams and I mean training, training them up and showing them how to solve problems and when you're looking for this, you'll find it there and you know, explaining all of that to them. And I've been doing this for a couple of months now. And, and, you know, I would be at church every week because when you are a committed Christian, <laughs> you're just at church every week. Amen? Amen. Oh, that sounded positive. So anyway, um, I, uh, I decided that I was going to sleep in this day, just have myself a sleep in because, you know, I've been training these teams for months and they should be able to solve these problems. So I remember I, I woke up and I got to church and it was um, in, intentionally late, you know. And then I had about four people greet me at the same time, like almost like with this intensity. And they were like, oh, you know, this has happened and that has happened and that has happened, right? And, and they were, you know, worried. And I, I listened to everything. And it was all at once, right? And so I guess, you know, what I did is I just, you know, offered them what I considered to be the obvious solution in a pretty straightforward manner, you know? 
Well, guys, go get this and fix that and solve that. You know where that is? Come on, get your acts together. Let's go, right? So anyway, a couple of weeks later, I was just checking in with my senior pastor, Pastor Corey, and I was in his office and, you know, we're just hanging out, just have a little chat. And he says to me, so how's everything going? I said, yeah, everything's good. He goes, yeah, you stress it all? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. He says, oh, okay. He goes, well, you know, I kind of got this feedback just, you know, from a couple of weeks ago from a couple of people on, on the host teams and, and just said that you were like, you know, pretty, uh, pretty direct with some of them. And I'm like, wow, would we say that or would we say that they just couldn't figure out the solution and I just offered it abruptly. Like, what would we, we really, would we say what they, I don't know if we would say that. And then he says, we get to the end of the meeting and he says, right, hey, well, how about we pray together, right? And, 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 and this is where it starts to get a, a little bit tricky. See, this is the thing, pastors will do this sometimes, right? When they want to address an issue in, their li- in your life, right, sometimes they'll just pray for you, okay? As a spiritual holy moment, you can't interrupt that. One of the things that I like to do in prayer times, I like to affirm prayers, you know? So you'll notice this, that when people are praying, I'll be like, mm, that's good. Yep, come on now. Like, I'll say these types of things, right? Because I'm just like the idea of agreeing in prayer. So we start to pray. Pastor Corey comes, he lays his hands on me and, and, and he starts to pray. Oh God, pray for Pastor. Oh, I wasn't Pastor. Then he goes, I pray for Ben. And Lord, come and fill him. I'm like, mm, yeah, that's good. God, come fill me again, right? right? And so, so all of these things are good. And then he says, and Lord, I pray that you just, you know, smooth off some of the rough edges. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you really going to say that in prayer? <laughs> you know? <laughs> smooth off the, I don't have rough edges. You've got rough edges. I don't have rough edges, right? So, like, that wasn't my problem. That was, that was their problem, right? Here's the thing, right? When you've got rough edges, sometimes they're hidden from you. When, when, you, when you've got pride in your heart and in your life, it's hidden from you. The, the, the truth is, is sometimes you need other people to reveal to you what's there. The problem is if you always take your own counsel, if you don't want to listen to what other people say, you might not ever realize that it's there. Let me ask you a question. Why is it so important for you to be right? You know? Like, why is it so important for you to be so, like, self Sufficient. Have you ever asked yourself the question why? Here, here is a, a, a good question. Why, why is your identity so fragile that you cannot even utter the words sorry when you realize that you're wrong? It's like for some people, they don't even, the word sorry is the hardest word that they can find to say. They can't say it because if they actually say the word sorry, then they're admitting that they're wrong. And if they admit they're wrong, then there's a crack in their identity. It's not their true identity, only a projection of what they think. is. It's actually a facade of perfection. And everyone knows that it's not perfect and that they're not perfect, but it's still news to them. So they don't want to say sorry because then they look like someone that needs some help, someone that, ha- you know, it needs a little bit of humility and they never want to admit it. Now, there is a bunch of four-letter words that you should stay away from, but a five-letter word that you should become familiar with is the word sorry. 
I, I, I just made a mistake. Like, honestly, is your, is your identity so fragile that you cannot say that you're sorry? Because if that's true, then let me tell you something, right? Your identity is not in Christ, it's in you. And if your identity is in you, then you are at the beginning of a lot more problems that are on their way to you. Do you know what psychologists say? They say a proud person is motivated to hide a subconscious feeling of inferiority or is motivated to overcompensate for actual inadequacies. Pride thrives on the praise from others. Some people are just addicted to being right. And, and they want to believe it. Do you really need people to say, wow, you're just right all of the time. You're a remarkable human. You're amazing. I've never met anyone like you. You are, by all means, impressive, right? And if you can't get that from other people, you know what I've noticed about proud people? They actually get it from themselves. They just, everything I just said to you, they tell themselves, wow, I am a remarkable person. I, it is astonishing to me how good I actually am. It's amazing to me how often I could be right and how often people are wrong. And I wonder how long they will see that I am high and lifted up. Like, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. Let, me. let me tell you what Proverbs says about that. 27 verse 2, Let another praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. The best praise you can get, it comes from God. 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble yourself, and at the proper time, Christ will exalt you. So when you are exalted by God, He lifts you up. What is humility? Humility is being grounded. Listen, stop trying to lift yourself up and let God do it for you. It's so much better when He elevates you rather than you trying to elevate you. It just makes sense. See, I think so much of, of pride, so much of pride is how you see yourself in relation to other people. And if you see yourself as high and lifted up, maybe just above others, not that you would ever say that. You'd never actually say that because you know how it sounds, but you see yourself just a little bit above other people. It becomes a lens. And that lens eventually begins to blind you from reality. Just ask Satan. Well, don't, like, don't actually ask him. Like, you know, <laughs> like, don't, listen, don't, don't even talk to him. But, you know, but I tell you, <laughs> that's what happened with him. There's a, there's a scripture in the Bible. It's out of Isaiah. That the heading at the top of my Bible, it says this. Prophet Isaiah wrote about King Babylon. The king of Babylon. But if you read what commentators say about this passage, as people that study the Bible, it says it's actually an allusion to Satan. Listen to the words. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How you were fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn. How you were cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, where's the issue come from? The... Come on, everybody say it with me. It comes from the, yeah, right. Because that's where it came from. Look at what it said. I will ascend. I'm gonna, I see myself as high and lifted up. I'll ascend to the heaven above the stars of God, which is often a reference to the angels. I'll set 
My throne on high will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. The far reaches of the north were what people called culturally at the time the mountains of God. So I will set my assembly above the mountains of the gods. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll make myself like the most high. Oh, but you are brought down to Sheol. In Hebrew culture, that was the realm of the dead to the far reaches of the pit. Thought he ascends really high. Turns out he was sent very low and quick. You remember what Jesus said? He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And that's how quick it is. You can lift yourself up all that you want, but the fall can come quick. It comes fast. What did Satan have before the fall? His pride. Saw himself as high and lifted up. And listen, if you look through the scriptures, you'll find the Bible is filled with the stories of people who had pride in their hearts. I mean, kings and cultures that were totally destroyed, that took their own counsel, that said that they were high and lifted up, that thought that they were more than they were. And you see time and time again how cultures were brought low and kingdoms were completely destroyed. Why? Because they had pride in their hearts. Remember what Jesus said. He said, from within, from out of the heart of man comes pride. And then He added this. He said, that's evil. It's not okay. You know, Pope Gregory, in the, in the sixth century, he took all sins and he divided them up and he put them into seven categories. And they are called the seven deadly sins. It's the category of sin. He says all sins, doesn't matter. So all mistakes that you make, they all come under these seven categories in the first cab off the rank is pride. Why? Because pride is the beginning of a lot more of your problems. So when you, when you witness pride, you often don't see it, you hear it. But when, but when you see pride, you know what it looks like? It looks like arrogance. It looks like boasting. It looks like self-assuredness sometimes. It looks like being conceited. It looks like just stubborn behavior. Just stubborn. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like when you're in a conversation with someone and they start name dropping so that their stock can go up in your book. They say people that they know or things that they've done, right? And I guess the idea is for you to hear that and go, wow, you are remarkable. Well, I don't know anyone that does that. Most of the time people are thinking, all right, enough. <laughs> like, like, if that's what you're doing, let me tell you, don't, don't do that. Here's what Romans 12, 16 says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. There's a word I never use ever in my life have I used that word. Do you know what that word means? It means to lift up and exalt yourself. 
He says, don't, come on, don't, don't lift up and exalt yourself. And then he says, but associate with the lowly. Yeah, I read that scripture for years. You know what I thought that meant? I thought it was hang out with the poor, hang out with the destitute. And that's good too, right? But that's not what that means. That word in the original language, it actually means humble. Don't hang out with people that constantly elevate themselves and talk themselves up because associate with people that are humble. This is actually the same word that James uses in James 4, 6, when he says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And then it finishes with this, never be wise in your own sight. Listen, if you get something out of this series, if you get something out of this message, right? Be humble, be humble, be humble, be humble, be humble. Be humble. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Maybe just thinking about other people. You know, a pastor friend of mine, we were having dinner a while back and he was telling me about this experience that he had when he went and he was preaching in somebody's church. And so the pastor of this church had invited this guy to come and speak in his church. And he said, yes, he accepted the invitation and he came. And this guy that came to speak, the guest speaker, the guy that I know, was actually, you know, preaching this incredible message that he's preached a number of times because that's what he did. I mean, he wrote the message and he preaches it in a number of different churches. So here he is and he's, he's preaching this, this message. <laughs> and while he's preaching, this woman just stands up in the middle of the church, right? And she says, we've heard this, right? Let me just tell you, we love it when people do that. <laughs> it's just like, someone please lay hands on that woman, you know? Like, so she interrupts and she goes, we, we, we've heard this message. And he's like, it stopped the meeting. So he's like, have you? And she goes, yes. Our pastor preached that message a couple months ago, right? What is happening is that the pastor of the church actually liked this guy's preaching so much, he decided to take that sermon and preach it himself in his own church. And then he invited the guest speaker to come and preach. He's now preaching his own message and someone says, our pastor wrote that and accuses him of plagiarizing his own message. And he's got a choice because he can say at that moment, right? Well, he got it from me. He's preaching that to you. He stole it from me, right? I said, what did you say to that? He said, well, he said, I said, you know what? I asked your, pre I asked your pastor if it would be okay if I could share this message. And he said, that would be fine. And, and she said, oh, okay. She sat down. You know. And here he is with the opportunity to just absolutely, you know, save himself, but he'd have to sell out the pastor of the church. Rather than doing that, he totally protected him and said, yeah, it's cool. And, and I thought that is humility in action. That story told me so much about that pastor because I was like, man, that just came out of you. 
That, that, that was what naturally emerged. I was so impressed with that. Let me ask you a couple of questions, right? How hard is it for you to say that you're sorry? How hard is it for you to admit that you're wrong? Do you know what happens when you admit that you're wrong? That's when your stock goes up. Because people go, oh, you're humble. That's nice. We like that. You know? Can you admit that? When you've made a mistake? Are you happy when other people are honored or do you wish, I wish that was for me? When you see other people get elevated, especially in it way that you would like to be elevated yourself. Do you celebrate their success or do you get jealous? Because there's pride in your heart. You wanted it for you, but someone else got it. Like, how do you deal with these issues? Do you, get, do you get feedback? Do you ever get feedback from trusted people, right? Not everyone. <laughs> Don't ask everyone. Right? You have to have trusted people. I want to make sure I say that because, you know, I speak for a living, so so you gotta have trusted people that come and speak to you and say, come on, that's not right. Or you need to think about the way that you put that. Every disagreement that you have, or do you ever find yourself in a disagreement when you realize after a while, I think I'm just trying to protect my own sense of pride in this matter. You know, it's, it's really my identity that's at stake, not the situation itself. What do you do with that? Because if you fail that test, man, honestly, I feel for you because you are only at the beginning of a lot more problems that are headed your way. You remember what Jesus said? He says, you need to have faith like that of a humble child. You know what's celebrated in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven is humility. What people don't celebrate is your accolades. What they don't celebrate is how amazing you are. You know what's celebrated more than anything? Humility. They say we love that. When we find humble people on planet Earth, that's what we love to see. So, now, this next part is going to be, like, hilarious. Like, this is, this is hilarious, right? Because I would love to pray for anyone who thinks that they might have just a little bit, just a little bit of pride in their heart. And you know, this is the thing. It's like pride says, no, you don't, you don't actually need, you don't need this. You're just right. <laughs> you, don't need, you, you don't need, right? That's why I said this is, this is hilarious. Why don't you do this for a moment? Just close your eyes. Whether you're listening to this message here in church, maybe you're just watching online. If you think that there might be just a little bit of pride in your life, you want God to help you with it, raise your hand right now. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you so much for everyone with a hand that's raised that said, I have a little bit of pride in my heart. We know it's so easy to listen to that voice that says, don't, don't admit it, don't admit it, don't admit it. But God, the only way that we get the help is to admit where we are. Oh, Jesus, I pray that for everybody with a hand raised right now, that Lord, they receive grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace. Lord, your word says that you give grace to those who are humble enough to ask for your help. 
but you resist those that say, I'm fine. <laughs> I've got it. God, I pray that each one of them, Lord, change their hearts. And the next moment that they're in a situation, maybe an argument, a disagreement, even a conversation, and they have this sense of pride that creeps up and says, you don't need this, or, or you fight for your right to protect your identity. I pray in that moment that they would hear the words of your spirit come to them and say, don't fight this. Just It's okay. You can admit it. You're wrong. It doesn't damage your identity. It builds it. It puts the foundation of who you are on Christ. And I pray, Lord, that you help every single person who asked for it today. And I I pray that as they do it, they would dwell with other people that are humble. And Lord, you would just build the community that's around them. Father, I pray your richest blessings to be on each person in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.